This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Every now and then, praise God, you hear this phrase when someone does something kind and you thank them, they'll say, well, it's the least I could do. It's the least I could do. Just thinking about that tonight, thinking that sometimes that's the attitude that our flesh tries to find the least that we can do. Amen? Hallelujah. I, I want to do more for God. I don't want to settle into an attitude that, that says, well, I don't have to do this. You know, you don't have to really do anything. Praise God. Unless you want to be saved, I guess. But, uh, but why not want to do more for God? Why not have a desire to give Him your best? Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. Lord, thank you for your presence here today, the great testimonies of your blessing and of your mercy. And God, we ask you, please, to work again tonight. Help us, Lord, we pray. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 1 Corinthians 12, reading in verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. If you believe that, say amen. You better, it's in the Bible. Hallelujah. And if they were all one member, where were the body? And now they are many members, yet but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable Upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. Verse 25 says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. God bless you. You can be seated. Appreciate that God is working. Appreciate the testimonies. And uh, even got text message today. God just helped me today. And God gave me just what I need. I love that. Amen. But I also understand that uh, if you came hungry tonight, God's going to help you. But this is, uh, this is kind of Brussels sprouts tonight. You might not think you need it, but you sure do. Amen. And I don't know if anybody might say, wow, I sure needed that. But I'm going to tell you, you sure need it. You sure need it. Amen. We're a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. I, you don't have your own thing going on. 
Praise the Lord. God's, God's will is to temper together a body. And that's a challenge. Because you and I have got a battle with you and I. Your battle with you and my battle with me. Amen? We fight and struggle against all the things that come against us. And, and I guess I'd title this message tonight, The Challenge of Others. But it's important. It's much more important than, than, than you might recognize. And this is what God has laid on my heart. That there is a danger to not pay the price to allow God's body to work and, and to be a part of what God is doing. I really believe we struggle with this, that we are challenged to to recognize and really have a revelation um, that God's people, it, it is it is not uh, an option for me to, to worship with you. It's not an option for me to labor with you. God has, has, has saved us through His church, amen, to be a part of His bride. And His... His church is, is made up of many members. Uh, one of my, my sons has told me here recently that I, as, that I taught in 1 Corinthians 12 here, especially at the beginning of the chapter, for at least ten weeks in a row one time. I don't know that I remember it quite like that. And I texted him earlier and said, how long was it that you said I was in 1 Corinthians 12? And he said, 10 weeks, and then I got another one, at least 10 weeks. And uh, he said, I can still quote about the first three or four verses because it was just always about there's many, there's many members, but one spirit and many administrations and many, and, and, uh, but, but we got to get it in our minds sometimes that we can be so, so, uh, isolated and independent and think that's an easier way. Praise God. And it is a challenge. It is a challenge to, to, uh, to interact and to deal with, with people, but it's so necessary. Amen. God has made us, the Bible says, many members, but one body, as it pleased Him, verse 18 says. There are many members, it says in verse 8, 20, but one body. And he has put us together, verse 25 says, that there would be no schism in the body. This verse means a lot to me because God spoke it to me very clearly at a very difficult time in my life. I was going through a very hard time finding the will of God and, and problems that were very strong in the church, praise God. And I just felt like there's just no way. I've been there. I've been where you are, knowing that how in the world can this be the will of God? How in the world can this, this possibly, possibly be blessed? And just feeling like I've got to, I've got to do something. And it was just, just obvious to me in my limited knowledge that that, that we've got to, we've got to do something. And uh, I remember coming home from work one day. I was reading the Bible at my job. And I told my wife, I said, the Bible says that there should be no schism in the body. She cried when I told her that. She said, how in the world can, can we keep going the way we're going? And I said, God said there should be no schism. If, if God opens the door, we'll go. If God doesn't open the door, we'll stay. 
and God's got to do the work. A schism is a split. A schism is a, is a gap. It's, a, it's something that has been ripped apart. And I said, God's got to do that. And God's got to bless it. And, I, and, and if God doesn't do it, then, you know, there's many times, a great, great leader in the Bible named David, that, that there were times where it just was in his hands to have a crown. It was in his hands to have victory, to have, have final, finally have relief from the problems he was going through. And, oh, he faced some problems. And he, he would say, if God doesn't do it, praise God, then I don't want it. Amen. And can I tell you, God blesses and God works and God works things out. Sometimes his time frame isn't my time frame. Sometimes my time frame just, just I'm saying, God, it's just too difficult for me. And God, God works and God molds and God purifies you in the fires of your trials. You remember, this world is not our home. He's getting us ready for heaven. He's getting us ready for his, his kingdom. Amen. And that's the real. This is just, just getting us ready for that. And Hallelujah. God's got a body that he's put together. The members should have one care for another. We go through this world and, and we talked about the lovers of their own selves, it says in, in the word of God in this last day. And people being so full of self-will and selfishness that, that it, it has become very uncommon for people to, to, to have empathy, to care, to have compassion for others. Most people, they're, they're trying to get that. that you, uh, their, their, their main thing they're talking about is, is what I've faced, what I go through. Please uh, uh, help me and pity me and, and have compassion on me. But God's church, praise the Lord, we come to the house of God with our hurts, with our needs, and we look outward. It says if one member suffer, we suffer with it. We don't, we don't look to somebody and say, that's, oh, that's nothing. You ought to know suffering. You want to hear my story. That's pretty common nowadays. Let's be honest. A lot of people hurting and, and, and there's just so few that really seem like they have time to care because we're all having a contest who can hurt the most. It's not nobody. Nobody wins in that kind of thing. It also says that if one member be honored, all members rejoice with it again in this flesh centered existence of so many one person is blessed and honored and folks sit back envious and jealous and say well it must be nice and somehow they must have done something wrong to get there and they're doing it in spite of just me and 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 we ought to be just confident enough in god as we preach this morning to be able to just say you know what it can be about you and it doesn't always have to be about me amen we can care about people and shed tears for people when they're hurting and rejoice with people and celebrate with them. Amen. There's so many things that, that I feel like if we humble ourselves and be more like Jesus and let God's Spirit dwell in us, that we can be a, 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 a body that, that nourishes itself and edifies itself in love. I want to talk about a couple of things here. We're not going to be very long tonight, but I've only got three points and uh, about the body, about the challenge of others. And really, we're, we've got two, two, uh, two points that are really just very simple and really heading towards this third point that I feel like God really wants to get across to us. Number one, turn with me to First Timothy, the fifth chapter. A lot of scriptures, not only First and Second Timothy and Titus, but much of what Paul talks about is really directed toward preachers. 
But that doesn't mean we all just, uh, everybody else just uh, doesn't see that that's right and that's the example that we should follow in. But Paul, by the inspiration of God, talks to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5. Do you have it there? And it says, rebuke not an elder, verse 1, 1 Timothy 5, 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and younger men as brethren. Praise God. I I know a lot has been stressed on rebuke not an elder, but let's get the whole context of this. It's really a matter of having a right spirit, isn't it? Just treating people, even though you might have problems, treat people like you want to be treated. Amen? Hallelujah. And treat him. It doesn't say you don't have concerns or questions, but treat people respectfully. Younger men, treat them like your brother. Amen? Elder women, treat them as your mother and younger as sisters with all purity. Can I take a few moments to just say that as God has put us together as a body, rule number one, may I, may I put it that way and not offend anybody talking about rules, that we ought to have a clean house. That we ought to be able to talk to one another. I don't care if it's after church here in the sanctuary, out in the parking lot, or if it's a text message or an email. There ought to be just a purity in our conversation one with another. Amen. There is a, a distinction that, that we are careful with the opposite sex. Respecting ourselves, respecting others. Amen. That's why we we have ourselves separate in worship, because as we want to reach out and and worship with one another, as we dance and as we as we uh, leap for joy, that there would be some decency. Amen. And we need to carry that idea of decency with us wherever we go. That, that there is not, praise God, that, that a lustful attitude in the house of God. But people are loving, respecting, and, and strengthening one another, amen, properly. If God's done anything, He's called us unto holiness. He's called us to be separate. We want to look like Christians, amen. We don't dress in a way that is flirtatious, in a way that is, is revealing, in a way that, that would insist sight lust amen we want to want to be conscious of that and not only with our dress but also with our attitudes and with our words praise god that 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 oughtn't be so difficult if your heart's right amen when you got the holy ghost you love people and you're going to care about people you're going to want them to be saved you don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody you want to build them up in the ways of god amen Hallelujah. Turn with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. This is really, uh, we already kind of touched on this. We already kind of dealt with this. But it's kind of a, a restating of the last few verses of our text. Romans, the 12th chapter. Verse 15. It says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Can I tell you that there is a joy, there is a a satisfaction in caring about others. The most miserable people are the ones that can't see past their own battles. They they get so focused inward that they, they forget that there's other people around them. The joy of life, 
the joy of living a Christian life is that we would have a, a servant's heart. Amen. That they, you would see somebody else and you would, God would use you to be an encouragement, a strength, a help. Amen. You will never be satisfied seeking for your own party, for your own rejoicing, for all the sympathy, trying so hard to get people to understand how bad. You may have it bad, but the relief and the peace is going to come when you learn to minister and serve. When you have it in your mind that nobody's got it harder than you, nobody's dealt with anything like you've dealt with, and only you deserve all the, the pity or all the, all the praise in the world, you've really, really missed what the cross is about. Amen. But when you get an attitude, that's why I believe the Bible says if we seek to save our lives, if we seek our own will, we seek our own ways, we're going to lose it. But life to, that serves, life that cares, when, when you see people and you know, hallelujah, we're living in a day when people are hurting, people are lonely, people are going through a lot, just like you are. Amen. Just a kind word. Just a little something that you could ask God, help me to, help me to do something for you. Help me in this last day to be a blessing to somebody. It doesn't take a whole lot to really just be a blessing to someone. But, oh, it, 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 the, the testimonies of, of people, I've, I've heard, and so have you, that, I, that, oh, it just meant so much to me. It brought me through hard times. And, and you thought, what did I do? What did I say? Just a, just a little bit of a, of, of a kind word in a, in a right time. Amen. Let God use you. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. We can get ourselves, you know, I, I believe in growing as a person, trying to learn and, and trying to uh, just, just grow as a person and in, in God and in all the things that God has put in my life. Be careful that you don't turn around and say, look at how messed up everybody else is. I took a little bit of time and didn't really think I would. It's not uncommon for me. And I didn't really think it had anything to do with the message tonight. But I took a little bit of time and just paused in front of my picture of Brother Philip before the service. Just stopped and looked at him and thought about just how, how happy that guy was. And just to be a part of God's church. Amen. And I remember telling you that uh, all the testimonies of the people that were at his funeral and, and people that, that it, was a, it was a Catholic funeral. He comes from a, a predominantly Roman Catholic family and uh, they were very kind to us and worked with us and, and, um, and it was kind of in a Catholic forum, if, it, if you will. And, and, uh, but the people that came to us afterwards would say, he just, was, he just loved your church. He loved your people. He loved being a part of it. Thank you so much for including him. Thank you so much for taking that time. And, and uh, you know, we can get to a place where we feel like we're just, I don't know what it is. People kind of feel like they've arrived at a place where some things are just beneath them. Some people are, are, are just kind of like what we talked about in the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. I know we're kind of taking it easy tonight, but you know, he's, it talked about somebody who would be reka or worthless. Amen. We get to where we feel like we're so important. Amen. 
feel like we've, we're, we're more important than anybody else. You're not worth any more than anybody else. I'm not. Amen. But if God would, would put in our hearts to care for the least, to care. That's what Jesus said qualifies you. You want to know the measure in heaven to your love and your faithfulness when you've done it under the least of one of these. When you're an opportunist and you just try to get in where where it'll benefit you and be a friend of those that can scratch your back and you don't take time for the ones that the in the nursing home, the ones that are that are, are handicapped, the ones that are, that haven't had the privileges and benefits that you've had. Amen. He said, "When you've done unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things. Condescend to men of low estate." You know, when you think about maybe all that you've got going on between your ears and how smart you are and how how much sense you've got and, and how much maybe the rest of this world lacks that, and it allows you to have an attitude towards those that aren't as fast as you. They're not, maybe they just don't know as much as, as you do, and, and that may be right, praise God. And then you get... On your knees before an almighty God that has all knowledge, all wisdom. How do you compare that? But you know what God did? He condescended. He lowered himself. He humbled himself. It's one thing to spend your life being able to pick out and say, they're not too bright. They're not too quick. They're not too sharp. Hello, anybody? They, they, they've done some pretty stupid things in their life. They've really messed up, and they're not really. But it's another thing altogether to say, how can I lend a hand? How can I be a friend? How can I show them, amen, that I've got something that they need? Jesus looked out to this world and said, they're just sheep without a shepherd. Condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things Honest in the sight of all men, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceable, peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Just let God take care of it, saith the Lord. Therefore, if you know God's, this is going to go hand in hand with what we teach Wednesday night, Lord willing. We have church Wednesday night, right? Praise God. I didn't see any bad weather, but I'm just saying we missed a bunch. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, just go ahead and be a blessing. Go ahead and be a help to those around you. And, and don't think yourself more highly than you ought. There's always, no matter where you are, there's, maybe, maybe you have grown. Maybe you've done better for yourself. Maybe you're in a better position, hopefully, that you were. God does that to folks. He helps people get ahead. Amen. Do better than what you were doing 10 years ago. Amen. If you're not blessed today living for God, you're doing it wrong. But I want to say this, praise God. If you take that place where God's blessed you and God's maybe blessed you financially and God's blessed you in other ways and, and you turn around and you look back at all the other folks that, that stayed in their, in their place in this world of, uh, of just uh, low living and, and you look at them and think, look at how much better I am than you. There's plenty of other people way ahead of you that can look back at you. 
No matter how much you have, there's always somebody that has more. No matter how much you know, there's always somebody that knows more. Amen. But if you can just humble yourself and say, I am who I am by the grace of God and value people no matter who they are. Don't cast them out, whether they're ahead of you or behind you. Love people. Amen. Don't be overcome by evil. Praise God. That brings us to our third point. Turn with me to Romans, the 14th chapter. And this is really what the Lord's just the main thrust of what God's laid on my heart for this message. Talk about being a part of the body. Number one, treat people right. Be, be, be holy. Be clean. Hallelujah. A lot, of, a lot of filthy talk in this world. A lot of filthy acting in this world. Just, just, just let God clean your heart, clean your mind, and live right. Amen. Number two, be kind. Be kind to folks. You know what I think of when I feel like you... Something I have in my notes here that I that I, I missed that when when we feel like we've gotten done well for ourselves and God's blessed us and we look down at others and we don't treat them kind, it, it, it's turned people into bullies. Mentioned that this morning a little bit, where 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 we feel like we're in a place now that we can kind of laugh at somebody else's expense or we can make somebody feel bad. I, I've seen preachers with that attitude. I've seen preachers with a chip on their shoulder feel like that they, they, they've got people that, people that are faithful, people that are, love God and serve God and, and they're the butt of jokes. That's not God's will. They're, they're constantly being picked on and, and put. That's, that's, that's bullying. Amen. Using your position, whether it's a pulpit or whether it's the blessings that God's placed in your life, to look down and hurt somebody else is a bully. And God's going to defend the, the, the widow and the orphan and the ones that, that have less. God's going to stick up for them. Amen. Well, praise God. I don't ever want to be a bully in, uh, in God's kingdom. Praise God. But Romans, the 14th chapter. says, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. Praise God. I know sometimes we come to church Sunday nights and just expect it to be kind of evangelistic and, and high, uh, high energy. But tonight I just feel like God's teaching us something, kind of slowing it down, wanting to sink into our hearts. Seek those things. Follow after those things. Pursue those things. This takes a decision. This is perp on purpose. Amen. This is something you got to think about. This is something that this is, isn't going to come naturally, but you're going to have to pursue or follow after things which make for peace. Things wherewith one may edify another. I have to look at my brothers and sisters and say, how can I be a strength to them? How can I encourage them? How can I build them up? Don't say things that are going to tear down. Don't say, well, I was just carrying on. Be purposefully built up. Don't just discount it and say, well, I didn't really mean it. Say what you mean. Say say something that's going to bless. Say something that's going to, to help somebody. People come to church hurting. Over the years, there have been people that... Nobody knew that the, the pain and the suffering that they were enduring outside of the house of God. They don't need to come to church and be the butt of the joke. They need to be blessed and encouraged. Let them know that they matter. Amen. Let them know that they're, that, that, that they're, they're valued in the house of God. 
we can say so much and say it didn't mean anything to us, but it means something to them. Instead of taking that time and using that tongue that has the power of life and death and using it to be an edifying factor in people's lives. It's so easy and it means so much. Take some time and, and be a strength to somebody. Take some time and, and, and build somebody up. I feel like there's an attitude sometimes in people that just, uh, if they're not being built up, nobody's going to be built up. If they're, if they're not the one getting the, the credit, and again, we go back to that idea of rejoicing with those rejoicing, weeping with those. If, if it's not me, then it's, it can't, we're not going to put our heart in. No, put your heart into people. God did. Amen. But something else about there's another side to this. There's another side to this, and this is where we're going here. And we're just going to say, spend a few more moments that we need to edify. But this is kind of the, the, the same thing that we have when we talk about foot washing. That it's one thing to say, I'm going to wash somebody's feet. I'm going to be a blessing to them. I'm going to try to be a strength to them. I'm going to, I'm going to purposely humble myself to be a blessing. But where we need to see the value of this challenge of being a part of the body, the challenge of others, dealing with other people, people that are not like us completely, is the other side of that which says, I'll humble myself and be a blessing, but are you able to humble yourself a little bit farther and let somebody else be a blessing to you? It's one thing to be a blessing, to be the one that edifies. But can you be the one that is edified? Can you humble yourself enough that somebody else's testimony, that's blessed me, that helped me. Somebody else's worship, it challenged me. Somebody else's prayers, it... Excuse me, I felt the spillover of that, of that, that blessing and it helped me. It's hard for people to humble themselves enough to say that there's other people in the church that are important and God uses them, imperfect as they are, God uses them to strengthen me, to sharpen me. That's what it says in Proverbs 27, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I was praying this week and thinking about friends, people that I love dearly over the years and uh just just seeing sometimes just their life just a shipwreck it hurts to know that people that you love just aren't aren't doing well at all and i was really praying asking god lord i i don't want to be shipwrecked i don't want to have that uh that testimony that I mean, let's just be honest. There's, there is a, an ability that you see in people that you never would have ever even expected to just, just totally go off the deep end. Just totally, whether it's sin and just totally destroy their lives in, in a backslidden condition or just, just somehow think that they are so spiritual. We, I, I talked with my wife this week, somebody I thought of, we had gone to see them years before I was a pastor. Went to a little camp meeting out in the middle of nowhere to see this man. 
And, and you would have thought if you would have spent a little bit of time, this man could preach. And he knew a lot of truth. And, and, and somewhere along the line, he just got it in his head that he was not just a prophet. He was the last day prophet. And that, you know, he was basically the one God was sending to this world to just uh, give them one last chance to repent. He was kind of like John the Baptist as the second coming of Jesus. One at the last of the many in the line of folks that think they are the second John the Baptist. And uh, it's just crazy to me because somebody that, that I, I'd heard preach in person and just felt like heard him on the radio a few times. And now uh, I guess he's up in his 80s, probably in prison, went, went and started some kind of weird compound and got caught with all the young women. And I mean, I'm talking off the deep end. And it's one thing to just say, wow, that's kind of messed up. You know, it's a lot messed up. It's really messed up. But it's another thing to just take some time and say, God, just there's a lot of different levels of messed up. And God, I don't want any part of it. I want to have a stability. I want to stay strong. I want to make it to the end. And I feel like this is what God gave us. That if you get to a place in your life where you can't be sharpened. See, it's a challenge. I, 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 can I give it to you like this? I've got a ping pong table downstairs. And I play ping pong with my boys a lot and, and uh, have a great time with that. And, you know, if you play any game like that just for a little while with one person, you kind of get used to them, they get used to you, and you just kind of get comfortable with that. But you start playing somebody else, it'll challenge you. They start doing something different. You thought you were really good. Then all of a sudden you play somebody else and you're like, wow, I really stink. Because they're doing different things. And, and you know, that's kind of something that it kind of clicked in my mind that sometimes we can get in a rut being very independent. I can, I can spend time with my wife. She knows me and all my quirks and all my idiosyncrasies. And I know her and we can get along and kind of forbear and, and, and just have a great time. Amen. And we can do our thing and have our own thing going on. And, and it can be, who cares who thinks it's weird? We're having the time of our life. But then we get around, when you get around other people, it's going to challenge you. Amen. It's going to sharpen you. It's going to make you look at things differently sometimes. Amen. And what happens, though, when you get yourself so isolated and you don't allow yourself, you've got to be the one that just just is is in control of everything. And you can't just humble yourself and, and be blessed and helped and sharpened. You're in danger. You're in danger of backsliding. You're in danger of going off the deep end. Amen. That's not just the preacher. That's every one of us. We can feel like we get our own thing going on and, and man, it's just, it's just too hard to deal with other people and all their ways and I'm just comfortable. But you know what? You get yourself in a rut after a while. You can drift and start drifting. You're not going to drift in a good direction. Amen. You got to let iron sharpen you. Bible talks about a man. I heard of this in a ministry meeting. Preacher was preaching to preachers and, uh, talked about a man named Nabal. Anybody remember Nabal? He was married to Abigail. And uh, the Bible says about this man Nabal, it means foolish. And he was just a hard man. He was, he, he just, uh, he, he got David angry. I don't think that was easy to do. But somebody 
told Abigail how Nabal really went and picked a fight with the wrong guy. And when he was describing his master, he was one of his helpers, his servants, he said, now therefore, know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial. Just a, he just messed up, amen. A son of Belial. That a man cannot speak to him. He's just so, so stubborn. He's such a, a child of the devil that nobody can reason with him. And I feel like sometimes that in this last day, if we're not careful in all that we're going through and all the tribulation and trouble we're facing, if we don't allow ourselves to be sharpened, if we don't allow ourselves, you don't humble yourself to preaching, you don't humble yourself to examples of prayer and worship and, and all kind of, to allow you to, to, to grow in God. God put us together as a body. And He knew right well there would be a challenge in that. He knew right well that, that, that it would be difficult for a hand to get together with a foot and, and an eye to, 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 to walk in unity with an ear. Can you imagine being an eye? Just I don't understand why that ear doesn't see it like I see it. And the ears, don't you hear what I'm saying to you? Amen. It just, but but it, it's it's a, a leaning on, and a and a reliance on one another. There, we need to have that in our lives. The problem is in in our perfectionist ways, and that's not bad. We recognize, well, I need sharpen, but they've got problems, and you've got problems. I know preachers that have blessed me tremendously. I don't want to be everything they are. Amen. I haven't met the perfect one yet. Men that have blessed me and helped me, friends I love dearly. I haven't had the perfect friend outside of Jesus yet. But I guarantee you the friends that call me friend, they don't have one either. Amen. But if you walk with God and you have a, you have a relationship with God, he, can help, he will sharpen you through the... Some of the battles and some of the trials, some of the challenges. But you've got to let yourself be edified. Seeing people already years ago when we first started. A man in the church and super, super amount of potential, but didn't stick around very long. And, and you know, if there was a good move of God that really, really, the, only, the best he could say, he couldn't say like a lot of you guys did tonight and said, man, that just blessed me, that helped me. Couldn't do it. There, there's been more than just him, but I, I've, I've seen people already say, well, you know, that's exactly, God was talking to me about that. He confirmed it with you. That was the best you could get as a confirmation of what God already told them. That, people, that, that, that really was God because that's what God, told, and God will do that. God, and in fact, that's the best way, but there's folks that it can never, never, never be that God just, God just did something that I, that, that helped me and strengthened me. I already had it. You just, you just kind of backed it up already. Hey, let God, let God use people to wash your feet. Let God use people to sharpen you. You need that. Amen. As much as you might not have a, a clue about what it means to have leadership, I need you. Amen. You're a blessing to me. I need your faithfulness. I need your dedication. Amen. It challenges me. I'm not above that. 
Praise God. I, I, I thank God for people. You think that, that somehow the preacher gets in a place that there, are, that, that there aren't people in the church that are strong in areas that I am blessed by. That's not difficult. Say people, people are, are, yeah, they're a challenge. They're a challenge. But I need people in my life and you need people in your life. We need to, to bless one another. Not to be at each other's throats. Not to be at each other, other just ready to, to find fault and, and run the other direction. But strengthening, encouraging, blessing, entreating one another. Amen. Hallelujah. It's easy. I really think it is. If we get ourselves in an isolated attitude where it's all about me and all about what I, I know... Praise God, it's easy to drift and get flaky. People that somehow think their last day, Jeremiah's, they're the only one that sees all the, the backslidden nature of, of the church in America and, and, uh, and don't understand that you need people in your life. You need people to help you be balanced. I think about people, my heart breaks, think about people that if they weren't so much like Nabal, somebody could just say, hey, praise God. You need the church. You need people. You're drifting in the wrong direction. If they could have just listened and paid attention, where would they be today? Would they not be in the depths of sin? Would they not be just with a life destroyed, a family in, 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 in pieces? Oh, I don't know. But we all need one another. We need the church. We need the church to be the church. We need healthy people being a blessing and, and being faithful and being an inspiration to one another. That's how God made us, praise God, to be blessed. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Sister Katie, can you help us out tonight? There's a challenge in this. I know. I know. God made it in such a way that that sharpening is a process that kind of rubs you the wrong way sometimes, doesn't it? That sharpening that God's called you to be a blessing. But understand something. Don't be so proud that you can't get a blessing. Good spirit in this service tonight where people just saying, thank God for, for the blessing I, I received. Don't ever get yourself in a place where... You just can't let God touch you again. Use work through people. I've heard more than just one preacher talk about sitting over the years. I haven't heard it in the recent years. It's been many, many years ago. But I've heard more than just one preacher talk about sitting in a service and hearing the challenge of the Word come forth and them say, I don't know where they get off trying to preach to me. I, I can get my own mail, thank you. They're deceived. You can't hear from God. You can't be helped. You can't be blessed by another part of the body. You're already gone. It just hasn't been made obvious to everybody else yet. David was the king of Israel. He needed a Nathan in his life. To be able to say, here's what God's saying. We all need that. I need that in my life. You need that. We need to let God work through others. 
It's not always easy. It's not always the fun that we are looking for to be sharpened. But I'm preaching to you tonight. I told you it's just going to be like Brussels sprouts. It's good for you. Might not be just your your taste tonight, but it's good for you. I wonder if somebody could find a place at an altar and just say, God, help me to to be a blessing. But help me also to bless, to, to receive a blessing. Don't grow to a place where you can't just be helped. You can't be spoke to. to, they can't be talked to, they can't be helped. I don't want to ever have that heart. I don't want to ever be too proud to be challenged. You pray for me. up, but I need to also allow people to build me up. Oh, Jesus, I love you, Lord. God's put the body together as he pleased. There should not be any schism, he said, no, no division. As they say, in no big eyes and little use. The members should have the same care one for another. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. tonight again, Lord, through the worship, through the teaching, God, help us, I pray. Lord, in this last day, so much deception, so much, God, that people are just so, so, Lord, God, so deceived. God, we need your help. We need you to keep us strong in your word, strong in your church. God, keep us, Lord, from every form of of the enemy's deception is lies, God. Lord, bless your people, God. Help us to stay humble work in a great way, Lord, for your glory. Lord, use us throughout this week, God. Bless service on Wednesday. If you tarry, God, we just love you so much. We ask it all in your great name, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. God bless you as you go.